0: historically, we've been ashamed to share about our sadness and our grief and our pain and our rage and all these kinds of things. And so we're like, ooh, there must be something wrong with me that I can't fully take in the news. Or there must be something wrong with me that I have been crying because of the fires that are taking place in California. Or there must be something wrong with me because, you know, I can't get out of bed. And there's messages that are coming through for you. And there's feelings that are trying to tell you something that are trying to point you in a certain direction
1: instead of rejecting the difficult emotions, getting curious about them and asking, what are these trying to tell me? What messages are here is how we become wise.
0: Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world.
1: In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth.
0: I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers, to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten.
1: Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. My name is Shayna, and I'm here with Lauren today, and we're gonna have a nice living room chat about healing in the times that we're living in. And so after a year and a half of a global pandemic, many of us have become profoundly aware of the global collective trauma that we are carrying. And so at Global Sisterhood, we really believe that it's important to do the inner work to see the reflection on the outer. And so this conversation is gonna be about what healing is, the profound effects of healing, and how we can create more wholeness and freedom in our lives as we move through our healing process. And we want you to
1: get cozy, cuddle up with a good cup of tea, or go on a walk. Or if you're in your car, just really absorb this conversation because we are including you in this. And we're going to pull back the curtain. We're going to speak about ourselves, our journeys, and also what we've learned, and speak about a really cool opportunity that's coming up. So get cozy. Woohoo!
0: So, Lauren, I want to talk to you about you know what's alive for you and what the inspiration that you that you have is these days around what we're doing at Global Sisterhood.
1: Well, what's alive for me is uh, really masculine and feminine integration. Like I crave and need and require more yin. As Alana Fairchild said in our podcast, not enough spirit and too much world creates stress. And I see that as a huge issue, obviously, in our world. And as Aaron Baring talks about with the rise of the patriarchy and the rise of patriarchal God and the disconnection from nature and the feminine, we are in this mode of being so often that is the more yang. It's I must accomplish to succeed. I must do. I must check these things off my list. Otherwise, everything's going to fall apart. There's this underlying anxiety, I think, for so many about survival and also about worthiness. I believe one of the biggest pandemics in the world is the I am not enough pandemic, which I believe stems from this imbalance of masculine and feminine. And of course, I've studied this in my life. And of course, we have different seasons, right? Sometimes we want to be more in the changing. Sometimes we want to be more in the yielding, the changing being yang, the yielding being yin. And when I say yielding, like the yin, it's not yielding as in throwing in the towel or giving up or saying, I surrender, I'll just let life happen to me in whatever way and I won't actualize myself and I won't create change. I don't mean it like that. I mean, yielding is stopping, taking a pause to being with what is, taking deep breaths. And so I'm just going to invite everybody to take a big, deep breath right now. Because when we're in the do, 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 we're sensitive creatures. We accumulate energy. We have these interactions with different people. We accumulate stress from all the doing. And then what happens is when we yield, when we pause, it can be scary and uncomfortable because we don't want to feel all the things we've accumulated or the things that we have been avoiding through distracting ourselves. We are taught in this culture the Western culture anyway, that you are measured by how much you have done. A woman is measured not by how good of a mother she is or how good of a friend she is these days. It's really by can she do it all? You know, there's this like perfectionism thing about a woman. You know, can I be the best mom and have the business and have the yoga body and have all these things that are these pressures? And we can get fooled that this is what will make us happy this is what will make us feel loved and it's complete bullshit. It won't. And what happens is often we strive in like this whole like new age coaching world. It's also like, you know, choose your mindset, create the visions, manifest this, go for it, create your affirmations. And that's all great. And that's all an awesome tool, but we're so heavy on that. We're so heavy on that, that we don't give ourselves time to pause, connect with spirit, and also to connect with what's happening inside of our own bodies. And when we pause to feel what's happening in our own bodies, often we feel saying things we don't want to feel. We can feel grief, we can feel anger, we can feel shame and all this tightness in the body, tightness in the fascia, tightness in the muscles. And so We can be like, okay, never mind. I'm going to go back to doing things because it's more stimulating. I have more dopamine. I'm going to check Facebook. I want the dopamine hit. I want to feel distracted away from this. And what happens is we have this, really this trauma inside and we can talk about what that means, but a lot of us have trauma most every person, especially if you're a woman growing up in these cultures, you have some sort of trauma and we don't give ourselves time to really be with it. We might understand it conceptually we might talk about it we might try to affirm it away but if we don't give ourselves sacred time to feel and feel in an empowered way being with ourselves yielding in surrendering into the feminine then we're just calcifying that trauma inside of ourselves creating sickness creating potentially mental illness anxiety so what's a lie for me is creating more yielding more yielding, more pause, more empowered time to be with what's inside of me so that I can extract the gems of wisdom through the emotions that I've been avoiding feeling and then integrate that and have more power, energy, and exuberance so that manifestation becomes more easeful rather than forced.
0: Beautiful. I want to dive deeper into this because The yielding, like you said, is often really difficult because it's hard to feel all of these things, especially when we have momentum in the doing. And I've been noticing in myself the past couple of weeks that there was so much momentum. And so to be honest, I didn't feel great. And I knew what I was doing. I knew that I was resisting stopping. And yet I kept feeling like I had to and to be honest it's a shame (laughs) it's a shame that this is something that we carry even with an awareness of it that we can't just be able to receive we can't just surrender to the moment and it's interesting because before we even had this conversation I started writing a new kind of to be list and so instead of a to-do list, it starts with the to-be list because I was getting sick of just the to-do list. So Shayna's most loving to-be list and the things I put were trusting, loving, and patient. And then I got to the doing because there's both. There's, there's how I wanna show up and there's how I wanna be. And then there's you know the things I wanna do as I'm in the being. And that little practice, I feel like, gives me a lot of grace. Because then I'm like, okay, if I can step into this being, if I can be trusting, if I can be patient, if I can be loving, how much more grace can I bring to the doing? And so I'm excited about this because it's been super up for me. And, you know, I want you to share more about someone like me, someone who is in the process of doing in the momentum where we have so much going on, we have notifications, everyone wants us to do something, we have many places to be, la 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 la. I know you all have your own flavor of this. How do we, you know, with with the busyness of our lives, with the constant motion, take pause and then in that discomfort, continue to sit or to move or to like get in there and feel, because that to me is the hardest part. So how do you stop the pattern? and then begin to dive into and assimilate these parts that are keeping you from from doing it.
1: First of all, I love that exercise and I love this question. And I wanna encourage everybody who's listening to do that exercise. I wanna do that exercise, that's so cool, Shayna. I love you. Shay Shay. Oh wow, oh wow. Shayna and I talk like little girls sometimes, just FYI everyone, you'll hear it sometimes.
0: Do you wanna come in my
1: fort with twinkly lights? (laughs) Um, very red (laughs) so uh, one of the most valuable things that somebody ever said to me was lauren no one's coming to save you i was like oh ouch because i recognized how badly i wanted that when i was younger i wanted it in the form of a boyfriend and this true love to come save me and then I wanted it in different things. I wanted it in money. I wanted it in the perfect body. I wanted it in <sighs> recognition. Yeah, I wanted all these things that I thought were going to validate and save me or make this nagging feeling of, am I doing it right? Oh, I'm not doing it good enough. Oh God, I'm not good enough. I don't know if people like me. That, that nagging feeling that I had below my subconscious go away. And the truth of the matter is absolutely nothing that you do is going to stop it. You know, I'm, I'm hesitant about that because what I'm going to say is a doing, but it is more
0: about creating structure to be right. Right. So it's a healthy balance. You're meaning. Yeah. Right. It's not just in one pole.
1: Right. Exactly. Though we are so heavy on the other pole. Like the doing is so out of control. And I might just add, this is exactly why we're destroying Mother Nature. We're like resources, building more and more and more and it's like extraction yeah it's 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 what we're doing to mother nature is what this culture does to our soul we have to shift it by recognizing that no one's coming to save us there is no solution outside of us and so we have to actively create space for us to be with ourselves and we don't have to do that while being fully alone especially when dealing with trauma it can be hard to do it all by yourself and that's why we run women's circles because it's so beautiful to see this circle of women sharing about these things And you're like oh wow i go through that oh my god she has that i have that okay i'm not so bad i'm not so weird and eventually you're like okay everybody has the same things going on more or less we have different degrees of it based on the different things we've experienced And so whether it's in a woman's circle, whether it's by yourself, whether it's in a program, I think that in order to navigate ourselves for me and what's been absolute key to being and healing and understanding myself is having a relationship with spirit, having a relationship with God, goddess, universe, whatever you want to call it, that's not disembodied. And I'm going to say that again. I am not trying to ascend out of my humanness. I am not trying to uh, be something other than I am. I'm trying to integrate the parts of myself versus reject them. And I do that with trying to understand the nature of a benevolent, loving intelligence. And if I can't feel love for myself or if I can't feel compassion for myself, drawing upon the compassionate, loving universe. To show me how to do that. And that requires stillness. That requires learning how to navigate the mind and the monkey mind. That And journey into the deeper waters of the psyche with the presence of your higher guides. With your higher self. With God. And travel into your body. Travel into your emotions. Swim around there. And ask the universe to show light. Show me what's true here. And you know, having somatic tools to integrate what you find.
0: So I want to ask you about what you mean because you say there's nothing outside of yourself, and then you also refer to these other things like guides, like God, like spirit. So do you believe that these things exist within yourself, and how do you how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a split between myself and God, myself and nature. I think we've been conditioned into that, as Anne Baring says, as many people say, we've been conditioned to feel like we are separate and yes this is this is the thing that's the great mystery yes we are individuals yes I have my own ego yet I am connected to the whole Like what's happening in the world is also happening in me somewhere and everything I judge in another person and I fully believe this everything I judge in another person is a reflection of something I'm rejecting in myself and everything I love in somebody everything I admire in somebody is also something that I, is in me somewhere. And the idea of God, we tend to think of it as this thing that's separate and above. And it is, just like I am separate from you, Shana. It is above, it is high, but it's also within, and it's also a part of me. And so this is the great polarity, which doesn't have to mean duality.
0: Yeah, it is a mystery. And I know through my own journeys and travels within my own consciousness, you can hear it, but there's... There's integration that takes place once you feel it and then there's a forgetting and then there's a remembering and a coming home to and then there's a forgetting and then there's a remembering and coming home (laughs) to
1: and then it takes shorter and shorter
0: amount of time to remember you forget but you remember sooner. Yeah, right. And so why is this important? Why is it important to understand aspects of self and to integrate and to, you know, seek for wholeness?
1: Well, let me ask you a question, and I have a feeling that your answer is going to be
0: every other person's
1: answer. Do you feel impacted by the division and the war and the fighting in the world right now?
0: Yes, of course. And it's like the more I see it, the more contracted and shut down I become, and I avoid it.
1: Yeah, exactly. People have their own mechanisms with that and of how they deal and how they cope. And those mechanisms are brilliant and important, and we have to take care of ourselves and. What's happening in the world is a reflection of what is happening in all of us. As within, so without. And I know that's esoteric, so I'll try to break it down. If you are listening to this and you've never had a judgmental thought, you've never judged yourself in the mirror, you've never felt rage or grief or sadness or stress or anything like that, then you are amazing. You're a special being. Most of us have trauma. We have trauma. And trauma used to be a dirty word and people didn't want to associate with it. There was something shameful about it, I noticed. Like whenever I talk about it, people like, oh, I don't have that. Trauma is like serious stuff. I can't think of anything serious that ever happened to me. And I think that's where people get lost because look at our world. We have been disconnected from spirit. Again, we've been disconnected from nature. We've had wars. There's been so many things in our ancestry and we know through epigenetics that we inherit those traumas, those memories. So each one of us grew up in an imperfect home, no matter how loving and no no matter how amazing it was, there was something imperfect and this world was imperfect. The schooling system's imperfect. There's so many imperfect things, which is great, which is great. This is how it's supposed to be. Everything is as it is and as it should be. And that impacts us. Depending on the person, we grow up and we internalize whatever happened to us. And what happened to me I might internalize this trauma and you might go through the same thing and didn't internalize it that way. It all depends on the kind of love and support you had in when that experience took place. So each one of us has this, you know, these different layers of trauma and You know you have trauma if you're thinking judgmental thoughts about yourself ever. If you have an inner critic, if you are, if you have drama in your relationships, if you are feeling stuck, if you are in these different places where you're trying, trying, trying to create something, but something completely opposite keeps coming, or if you're getting really triggered about things outside of you, like in the world and politics, this is all a sign pointing to needing to go within and and integrate this this trauma this ouchie this wound this narrative that somehow you're unsafe you're not well you're not loved whatever it is that is the root and once you do that there's just more energy there's more flow there's more ease there's more access to the truth of who you are and there's more access to pleasure you know real real sincere pleasure of being alive gratitude inspiration.
0: So this weekend, I was in a deep process and I was thinking about how all the health things I've dealt with and feeling unwell is actually healthy in an, a sick world. It's actually normal. It actually makes sense. And, you know, for us to feel totally well in this sickness that we're carrying as a humanity is actually probably more uncommon.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean you're bad for feeling it. We often, especially sensitive people, are like, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel this?
0: Right. And I think because we, as a collective, you know, we're getting more open to this, but historically, we've been ashamed to share about our sadness and our grief and our pain and our rage and all these kinds of things. And so we're like, ooh, there must be something wrong with me that I can't fully take in the news. Or there must be something wrong with me that I have been crying because of the fires that are taking place in California. Or there must be something wrong with me because, you know, I can't get out of bed. And there's messages that are coming through for you. And there's feelings that are trying to tell you something that are trying to point you in a certain direction
1: instead of rejecting the difficult emotions getting curious about them and asking what are these trying to tell me what messages are here is how we become wise full stop that's wisdom and then when we integrate these messages that our emotions are telling us because our emotions are not wrong they don't need to be fixed they're perfect they're showing us something that wants healing, whether in ourselves or somewhere else. And we're feelers. And that's beautiful. That's actually our superpower. Yet we have not been taught how to wield our superpower. And so a lot of us feel stuck or trapped or overrun by our emotions but this is because of what you were saying it was we didn't have the capacity to process them people would shut you down oh don't cry crying is for sissies oh women are so crazy they're so erratic they're so emotional whatever the story the cultural narrative was we really lost an important gem of the feminine of our feminine gift and we are missing so many of the wise women because as Juanita said we have an adolescent culture that hasn't been initiated and We haven't been initiated into some of our greatest gifts, which is the capacity to extract the wisdom, the messages, the gifts from the pain of being human, transforming the suffering into purpose.
0: Maybe you can share a little bit about like your journey and healing and how this led you to your practices that you use yourself and also teach. Yeah.
1: So, wow, I'm just now I'm reflecting and I have this big smile on my face because global sisterhood wouldn't exist had I not gone through abuse. No way. And now global sisterhood is this beautiful movement and women who feel called to it, they they get trained and they hold other spaces of healing and they use their gifts and their wisdom from integrating their pain to help those women and to create safe places for those women to go home and then help their children and help their family. And it's this massive, beautiful ripple and it blows my mind sometimes because it's it's amazing and it feels as if I didn't do that you know what I mean like yes global sisterhood came through my vessel but I've just been listening to spirit I've just been listening to my body I've just been following the impulses and, and being like I don't know where this is going this is scary okay let's go you know it's been this like wild wild ride and it is not In spite of my trauma, it is because of my trauma. And so I'm in a place genuinely where I have gratitude for the very horrific and terrible things I went through. And because I see the gifts, I see the gifts. And I know that that is a part of the journey that everyone can experience and and not everyone is there. And there's parts of my trauma that I probably am not utilizing the gifts from yet. Like I'm still integrating and I'm still healing, of course, forever, always. And I just want to share with everyone that that's possible. For the longest time, I thought that I was bad. As a little kid, when things were happening around me and I was just developing my sense of identity and everything was about me, 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 and there was so much turmoil, and there was scary things happening, I internalized it, and I was like, I'm bad, I'm bad, and that really messed with me, that internal affirmation about who I am, that began at such a young age, I'm bad, I'm stupid, I'm not worthy, that was a narrative that completely guided my life and subconsciously influenced all my decisions. And I was in a slew of bad relationships. I was in a slew of really dysfunctional experiences because that was my subconscious belief. And I knew when I was in like the worst of my expression of pain and it was all falling apart, I knew that conventional answers weren't going to work for me like I had been to therapy my whole life I think that was really helpful I think understanding myself and being my mom really helped me with that my mom was an angel in that way and she really made sure I had help and I think I had a great like that intellectual understanding of everything I had gone through which I think a lot of people in the world now do because of talk therapy. We're like, oh yeah, I have this issue and I have this issue and I'm an empath and he was a narcissist and we have all these labels and we have we have all this stuff, right? And I think in some ways that's really helpful, but I think we get stuck there and we get stuck in the minds and we get stuck in the labels and we get stuck in these stories and these identifications. And I knew that my issues were not only an issue of the mind and the emotions and the trauma, but I knew that it was an issue of my soul. My soul was seeking to have deeper understanding of, of what I am doing here on this planet and who I am and why, why bad things happen. And if there was a God, why would God let bad things happen? And kind of deprogram myself from some of the, the Christian dogma that I, I was influenced by. And find a embodied Gnostic self experience of of God in me, and I knew that very subtly. And even as a teenager, I was seeking that. I would like when I read back on my journals, I was like, "Girl, you were profound." Even though I was acting like a fool, there was like some beautiful things that came out of me because I was genuinely seeking. And I, what I found was a a spirituality that did not bypass and this is what saved my life it was a spirituality that was like hey i'm gonna give you a, a a direct experience with with nature and the great mother and the force of the universe and i want this experience to guide you and so i went in and i experienced ritual and ceremony for the first time more of an indigenous fashion and lived in the amazon for a little while and. Through this, learned how to see a little bit differently, kind of come out of this like paradigm mind view of how the world works, and kind of like expand my broaden my horizons and understand uh, the nature of reality in a different way. And that gave me clearer vision. It gave me more. It tuned me into my more sensitive superpowers. Really, you can call them psychic. You can call it whatever you want. I don't. I don't like that label because I believe everybody has these kind of extrasensory abilities to see and understand and perceive. And I learned to navigate the inside of my psyche. And I did that in a spiritual, somatic way. So when I say that, I mean meditative journeying into my inner world and understanding the different stories and narratives and characters and and energies that are all composed in that whole underworld of me and learning how to shamanically travel there and heal what i find and doing that with this the body you know recognizing that i can't heal from my mind alone i have to heal with my body too and so this is a practice i have been doing for 14 years and it has radically transformed my life radically transformed my life i i sometimes feel Humbled and blessed by how much I've healed, because I I see that there are so many people that haven't had the same opportunity to heal in the way that I've healed, and I want everybody to have that opportunity. And really, the healing is in the body; it's in the slowing down to feel and to journey. And sometimes it's hard to do alone, and so sometimes we need support. But yeah, that's been my journey.
0: So I want to bring up the point that you know, there's that line: we heal when we decide we want to heal, because like a partnership, you have to meet yourself there. You have to really have the desire to want to go in and experience things that can potentially be scary. I know from my own experience that you can find things within yourself that are shocking. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's it takes a while to integrate because it's unknown, it's not something you were taught, it's, you know, different in a way. Mm-hmm. And perhaps maybe you can share about Why it's important to have support when you travel into these places, especially if you're doing work like this for the first time, and how support and being heard and being witnessed can help with integration.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think our greatest healing comes from healing with community, because community is what caused our trauma, mostly, right? The imperfect world, our imperfect families. And so that's why we get so triggered in relationships, and that's also why they're so powerful and why we keep magnetized. We keep being magnetized towards the people that will trigger us, that will show us our shadows. And by shadow, I do not mean a bad thing about you or some dirty, dark, horrible thing about you or about me. A shadow is a part of us that we can't see or that we've rejected, that we've buried in the drawers of our subconscious. And there's lots of lore and myth about this, like the journey of Inanda is coming to my mind because it's such a great metaphor. But when you're traveling into your own psyche and into your own waters and into the shadow, it's easy to get afraid and pop out or go in and get trapped. Like
0: not trapped permanently, but like get
1: swept under. You know what I mean? Because it's like swirling.
0: You kind yeah. of end up in like a repeating
1: yeah a loop right because that's what trauma is a loop trauma Mm -hmm. is a loop it is a loop in your nervous system in your limbic system that will loop and loop and loop until you get triggered and that trigger people also have this like weird judgment of like oh that person's just triggered and it's like actually no great that person is triggered great this is an opportunity for them to heal yet we don't realize that and we just try to cope or we point our anger at someone else right so Why we need help often to go into those places is it's like a light in the darkness. Someone to have fresh eyes. Someone to have a beautiful, healthy perspective of well-being. I am well. You are well. Everything is well. Everything inside of you, even if it's scary for you, is well. We're all rooted in well-being. The universe is beautiful and giving. And now let me help you navigate this thing that scares you. And going into this place where the monsters lurk, you know, and learning to see the monster and befriend the monster often requires backup power and either a facilitator, a a coach, a therapist, or your sisters who know what they're doing, you know, or know how to hold space for you.
0: It's so interesting listening to this because it's bringing up, you know, shadows and things within myself that were subconsciously steering me away from things I really wanted in my life because- I thought I couldn't have it or I was unworthy or, you know, that I had this like bad quality about me because of this thing that I had done once before. And it's just so freeing when you can actually like find the thing and sit with the thing and love the thing and then step back into your life. Like it's almost like two things going in and then coming back to the external world and feeling so much grace and flow and ease. And it almost becomes comical in a way that this thing was like lurking in your closet and it was so scary. Mm -hmm. And then like when you open the door and like fully saw it, it it's like this little mouse, like so innocent and pure and just, you know, there, but you thought it was this big, scary monster that was like going to come get you. And really, it's just like this little tiny creature.
1: Yeah, and if you take that same thing and apply it to the entire world right now, you know, I can speak specifically in the United States, everybody is running from their monsters. And then they're projecting their monsters on
0: everybody else. And that creates disaster. So I want to talk about this course that we have coming up, Wounds to Wisdom, and why we're leading it right now. We haven't been leading it for the past few years. And you and I both felt that it was important to bring back. and. I want you to kind of share about why
1: well it's been on the radar for a year and we were we're facilitating a a new cohort of circle initiation which is our facilitator training and we just got off the first call i believe it was was it the first call we just got off the first call and we listened to these beautiful shares with these epic amazing women who are guided to hold space And they're guided or they already are holding space or they already are facilitators or practitioners or yoga teachers or whatever they are, or they've never done that before. And they're really ready to embody this mission of reinstating feminine consciousness on the earth and helping people heal so we can reconnect with one another. And as they were sharing, it was just so clear that, oh, wow, it's time it's time in order for us to hold the space we are all we are called to hold there's more trauma work to do there's more diving into the shadow there's more diving into the pain and learning not to be scared of the pain but alchemizing the pain into wisdom power and inspiration to serve so that we can do so without getting stuck caught triggered all the things and so as a part of supporting our facilitators and also just our general community at large, we felt and feel that it is time for Wounds to Wisdom to come back.
0: yee You and I both love healing. <laughs>
1: well, that's what the mission is. It's about healing, healing the illusion, healing the conditioning, patriarchal, and all the things, and healing the trauma, which we have to do in order for us to have a revelation of who we really are as individuals and also as a humanity because come on this isn't who we're meant to be like this what's happening happening in the world we're meant to be something completely beautiful and i believe we can usher in a new time on earth
0: so will you tell me about wounds to wisdom what the course is like what process you use in in healing and how yeah just share with me a little bit about about it and maybe even how you created it because i think that's so interesting as well
1: yeah wounds to wisdom first and foremost i had a lot to heal i had a lot to heal as we know and i devoted everything every ounce of my being to doing that and in doing that in on my own journey and first starting to just see different practitioners and different healers and heal myself i recognized and was guided to help others heal as well. And I think that's the journey of many women as they begin to heal, whether it starts through physical issues, health issues, or emotional issues. Most people who go on the self-healing path later want to help others heal. It's like this natural, beautiful magic that takes place when we really dedicate ourselves to that. So that happened to me. And I found out I was really good at it. You know, it was like a natural gift I had. And people would call me, randomly who didn't even know I was on this journey and want to sit down with me work with me and I you know went through several different several different trainings I became a life coach a trauma-informed life coach I was a massage therapist for seven years I was an energy worker I was an herbalist I did all these different types of healing modalities and when people would come to my table they would want to talk They'd want to talk a lot, and so I used to do a work of just like my work was really about somatic release. Actually, before I even knew what that term meant, uh, people would come for a massage because their neck hurt, and I would massage their neck, and then they would cry and shake and have insight, and they would feel better. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, wow, it was so amazing and beautiful to experience. And so I really dove into that and understood the nature of how that actually works, how trauma works and why the things I was doing actually works, the science behind it. And that just took my work to a whole new level. And I remember I was massaging this woman. She was, the, she still is, I think the CEO of, of a, a really big rehab for addiction here in Austin, Texas. And I was telling her that this idea was coming to me and it wouldn't leave me alone. It was like this these words, wounds to wisdom, wounds to wisdom, wounds to wisdom, just kept coming to me. And uh, who who's the Eat, Pray, Love author again?
0: Mm, Elizabeth, is that her? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert. So she has this other book, I forgot what it's called. It's about creativity. And she says that when... We get an idea, this creative idea, it takes root in us and it won't it won't let us go. And it like it chooses us. I felt like wounds to wisdom chose me.
0: A big magic is the name of that a other book. Big magic, right. And it's
1: it's big magic when these like downloads come. The muse comes and is like, this is yours, and I'm not gonna leave you alone until you actualize it. And so I sat with it for a little while. And anyway, this woman is on my table and she had a experience with me the previous time where she really had a breakthrough and had a a really big release and so she was coming back and she was talking about like what are you doing like what is this like this magic that you do and we started talking about it and I started sharing with her this inspiration I had to create this program called wounds to wisdom and that it was a spiritual psychosomatic journey into the self to really help women understand their pain and understand that their pain didn't happen because they were bad but it happened because it was the universe setting them up for a divine purpose and a divine mission and when i spoke these words to her she had full body chills and she invited me to come experiment like develop the program at her rehab and so that's how wounds to wisdom began i began working with beautiful sweet women who were recovering from addiction alcohol and drugs and I would do weekend workshops. And over about a year and a half of regular weekend workshops, I created the curriculum for wounds to wisdom and I did it, you know, in person over an entire weekend. And then I realized it really needed to be spaced out because healing requires some space and some slowness and some integration and you don't want to move too fast with integrating trauma. You wanna move a little bit slower, but slow is fast. You know what I mean? So much progress can be made in that way. And so then when, global sisterhood kind of like grabbed me that idea grabbed me and I just kind of went with it and I went in the current of creating global sisterhood a couple years went by we we're leading women's circles I was creating resources I was creating rituals and the rituals were really transformative in nature and people were like how are you creating this like how are you creating these rituals to have this different this like deep impact because women would cry women how would have these big experiences and I had utilized everything I knew from creating wounds to wisdom into these rituals and then the idea was like hey why don't I create Wounds to Wisdom into a seven-week online program and offer it to the Global Sisterhood? And I did that maybe five years ago, six years ago. And at this point, hundreds of women have gone through and it's so special. It's really sweet. A lot of my friends have actually gone through too. And yeah, like when my friend was going through a divorce, I mean, it's it's an amazing program for big life transitions, for unresolved trauma, for the self-critic things like this.
0: It's such a beautiful journey that, you know, I know you call it wisdom, but it's also like the medicine, you know, the what you've used, what you've gone through, you've alchemized and you've turned it into this medicine that you're not able to serve and you're not able to share it with others. And so they can, they can alchemize and make their own medicine because we all have wisdom to give. We all have medicine to give when we heal from the pain and we integrate it. And then we can share. And so I'd love for you to talk about the modalities that you use during Wounds to Wisdom and what makes them so effective.
1: So I use emotional freedom technique. So tapping and somatic journeying, I call it. So it's it's using visualizations and meditations to have an experience with the divine and also an experience with your deeper subconscious. It really helps you understand and navigate the deeper waters. And so much like shamans or priestesses or witches, whatever you want to call it, it, it helps you awaken your ability to interact and listen to the different parts of you. So it's also considered parts work. You have different dialogues and conversations with your pain and learn to listen and extract the messages with your pain. And then there's group work. So group coaching, um, yeah, and one-on-one coaching and ritual Ritual is something that activates human potential. It takes an intention and brings it into reality. So the program is not just a course. It's not just a course to teach you about trauma and it's not just coaching. It's a seven week ritual you give yourself and it takes about two hours a week, two and a half hours a week. We have one live call. And then there's homework and these are like guided audio practices that are not just like regular meditations where you still your mind, like you are traveling, you are shamanically journeying into your psyche and I'm guiding you through that process. And then you're doing channeled writing too, which is one of my favorite exercises. I've learned so much through that. And then you're doing different somatic work, so different breathing techniques, different tapping techniques. And this is a sacred, dedicated honoring of the pain versus a rejecting of the pain. And from there, the alchemizing takes place.
0: I love that Wounds to Wisdom is such a somatic journey. I had a realization once that I had like neck and shoulder pain because so much of my energy was going towards my brain, towards like the upper part of my body. And less attention was going to the lower parts. And I think so many of us can relate because we spend so much time in the mind. And, you know, as much as we can talk about what's wrong with us, we really need to experience it. We really need to have that embodied experience to be able to transform it, transmute it, and to to move through. And so I love that that's the modality of wounds to wisdom. And I love that there's community and I love that it incorporates so many different techniques because then as you go beyond the journey you can bring these things with you the things that resonate and the things that that feel good and nurturing to your continued healing journey so one of the things I do want to ask about is you know let's say I'm a woman listening and I've tried other modalities and like I'm curious if there's any prerequisites like if there's anything I have need to have done in my life in order to to join wins to wisdom great question
1: yes there are prerequisites um number one You have to be ready to take self-responsibility and heal. Again, no one's coming to save you. And if you're still in that mentality, Wounds to Wisdom won't be able to help. Wounds to Wisdom is for the woman who is ready to take emotional control. I don't like that word. Take emotional responsibility. Emotional responsibility and step into her sovereignty and her superpower. Learn how to wield her emotions and so it's not for the person who wants to distract themselves or numb themselves or run away from feeling. It's someone who is ready to feel. And it's someone who is ready to believe and call upon spirit to believe in something that's benevolent and loving and conscious to guide them because it definitely is a very spiritual journey. It's also for the woman who is ready to have a purpose ready to either she might know her purpose but ready to actualize it or ready to take what she's been through and use it to serve when you have the motivation to give to take what you've been through and make it into something else you can cross a threshold and it's for women who are ready to cross that threshold and it is yeah for women who are devoted they're ready they're ready to feel their pain in an empowered way to be emotionally mature and to give in a way that is nurturing to themselves and to the world.
0: Is there anything else you want to share about Wounds to Wisdom and this journey that you're going to be beginning on November 16th? It's coming up so fast.
1: Yeah, I think another element about it that I want to share is the sisterhood. You and I and Global Sisterhood, we specialize in women's circles, and it really is a woman's circle. And we're held in sisterhood together as we talk about these things. And you leave with tools, not only tools to help yourself, but how to be a better friend, how to be a better sister, how to be a better space holder, confidence in who you are and what you bring to the table.
0: So this is your invitation. If you feel called, if you felt resonant with this connection, if you felt resonant with what we were describing and sharing... Then we invite you to join us in the next cohort of Wounds to Wisdom. It will be led by Lauren, and she'll be guiding you and working with you as you embark on this seven-week journey. And so you can find more information about our Wounds to Wisdom program on our website at globalsisterhood.org. Under the Courses tab, you can find Wounds to Wisdom. And we'll also be sending emails about it, so if you're on our email list, you can find Emails about it there, as well as in the show notes. And so please feel free to write us if you need a scholarship. We always want women to feel included if the price doesn't work for you. We really believe that every woman that's called to heal and ready to show up in their fullness deserves healing. And so we want to offer that as well. And we're just really excited about this journey. It's the perfect time to embark on this healing and to be connected in sisterhood. So, Lauren, I have one last question for you. If you were to speak as the Divine Mother, what would she want you to say?
1: Wounds into wisdom, darkness into light, waste transforms into flowers. From death to vibrant life, everything is renewable. Nothing can truly be destroyed. Change your story from I am not enough to I am powerful, capable, and wise. Join us in this mission of healing deep in our core to stand as strong and healthy women to put an end to all this war, the war within our minds as we criticize ourselves and others. Let us learn the way of true self-love and
0: how to share
1: with our sisters and our brothers.
0: Thank you, Lauren, for this beautiful conversation. It's such an honor to be your sister and to, and to do healing work with you. It's been such a journey for me, and I'm excited for all the other women that get to embark on this journey as well.
1: Yeah, it's so fun. I know it sounds scary and serious, but it's so so fun too. So thank you. It's been really fun to share with you, Shay Shay. Okay, Lauren. Okay, Shay Shay. Ciao, ciao. Bye everybody. Mwah.